Coming to you from the R&R Studios, this is Talking Into Submission Podcast. John, what is going on? As always, my tag team partner, partner in crime, one of the best heels in the business. How you doing, my man? You know, unfortunately, you, you pulled me from uh, you know watching pregame of a big game tonight uh, <laughs> to sit here and, and talk with you, so I guess we'll try to get through this. Oh, God. Grab a drink and just sit down and let's get through this. So today's episode is best for business. Now we're going to talk about a couple different topics and we're going to give our best of each topic what we think is the best of each one. So John, let's jump right into this best finisher in your mind. Um, I had a tough, one, a tough time with this one. Um, I'm thinking most iconic. Uh, one of the first ones that comes to mind would be the stunner uh, from Stone Cold, but that's not, not my number one. Um, my number one, um, just because it looks cool and, and everything like that, is uh, Kalisto's Salida Del Sol. Um, I remember, I, for, I can't remember for the life of me what pay-per-view it was. Um, I, I want to say it was either a TLC pay-per-view or maybe a Money in the Bank um, where he did it off the ladder onto another ladder. Um, and I forget who was on the receiving end of it, but it was ridiculous. Um, I, I love that move. Um, uh, I'm real big into the high flying move, so uh, I, I really like that one. That, that one's probably my favorite one. I will actually stick with the same mantra here and go with the Shooting Star Press, but I will go with Billy Kidman's version of the Shooting okay. Star Press. Okay. Unbelievable the way he did it. He was actually one of the ones that made it huge on a big stage in WCW when he was trying to make a name for himself in the cruiserweight division. Come through, really did it a lot in WWE. They had a nice angle with it. I really enjoyed it. It's a very, very high-risk, high-reward kind of move. You get the crowd up and moving with it. It's one of my favorites. And I believe it was Brock Lesnar that tried that one time and almost actually broke his neck. Um, he came up short, and uh, his head hit the shoulder. I forget who he was, who the match was against. It was against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember watching that and like, ooh, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a pretty move. I, 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 like I said, love the high-flying stuff. The reason he tried that is because he was doing it in OVW. He actually has done it before and hadn't done it in a while. He hit it halfway and then just fully committed with it. The constant pro that he is trying to fully commit and almost ruined his career. Yeah, yeah, it was. It looked it looked ugly. Um, if you guys have the network, uh, go back and and watch it. I mean, it was it was it was kind of hard to watch. Um, you know, back so. Next one we're gonna roll into in your mind best theme song. Well, um, so this one was another another tough one. Um, it was one of the ones I had to skip uh, to come back to when I was forming my list here. Um, but I would say probably my favorite would have to be this one. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! I mean, what better than DX? I mean, one of the greatest factions of, of all time. Um, that music is just iconic. I mean, you hear that, dum, dum. You already know, you know it's coming. You know, and, and the, uh, the graphics that they had with it, um, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. I remember watching that as a kid growing up and, uh, 
Yeah, that, it was awesome. It's, that's one of my favorites. What would always follow? Hit me with it. Ooh, let's get ready to suck it! Very iconic in itself. <laughs> Mine, I'm actually going to switch promotions here, and um, it's a very early theme song for him. It's one of his best that I think. The one he has right now isn't bad, but this one was just remarkable. Got a good beat to it. It's really catchy, and you can really get on board with it. That is AJ Styles' TNA theme, the one he used mostly there. Just a very, very great song. People could recognize it right off the bat. They knew who was coming. He'd come out with that attitude with his hood up, look at the crowd, flip it back, and you knew it was go time. Really great song. One of my absolute all-time favorites. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I like that one. Um, but I, I, unlike you, I tend to I like the the one he has now a little bit better. Um, for whatever reason, that song gets, gets me hyped. So, uh, but I, I like that one as well. Moving right along here, we'll go with best nickname. Now, best nickname. What you got here, John? I'm going to stick with a DX theme here and go with, uh, the cerebral assassin. Um, just, you know, hearing that nickname, especially at the time when, you know, Triple H was in his prime. Um, I mean, you knew he was, he was out for, out for blood, um. You could get very nasty. I mean, the sledgehammer, you know, it just, it fit. It fit the character. Um, it fit his attitude at the time. The whole gimmick, you know, I, I loved it. Yeah, that's that's really, that's an awesome one. It really, really molded to the character. Yeah. The one that I really like that he really didn't get a fair shake in, in WWE is the Man of a Thousand Holds. I really think that nickname was just awesome and just a wonderful human being and a cruiserweight in WCW in Dean Malenko. I really think he got a raw deal in WWE. He did. He did. He wasn't utilized like he should have been. Yeah, and he he rolled the ice man right off of that too. He had the ice coming down his trunks in the front and a thousand on the back. The man of a thousand holds. And one funny thing to roll off of that is when Chris Jericho sat there and cut a promo <laughs> on Dean Malenko and said he was the man of a thousand and four holds. Armbar might have been used 10, 12, 14 times. I don't know. But it was just <laughs> hysterical and good for TV. I mean, when Jericho's involved, uh, I mean, those promos, they're, they're he's one of the best on the mic, which we'll get to that in a little while. But... Um, yeah, he's he's one of the best on the mic. So. It's actually the next topic here is best on the mic. Mic skills can be anybody in the business as long as they're associated with the business. Superstar, general manager, um, manager, any kind of that deal. Who you got? So for this one, I'm not going to go Chris Jericho, even though I just mentioned him. He is, he is one of the top five best on the mic. Um, but I kind of went 1A, 1B with this one. Um, one, the first one I would say one A would be Paul Heyman. I mean, I mean he's still doing it. He's he's always been great on the mic. I mean, now the most notable recently would have been, my name is Paul Heyman. 
you know, I mean, that just caught on. I mean, the crowd still still does it when he when he comes out. I mean, it just he's great. I mean, he can he can cut a promo in his sleep. Um, one B. This one might surprise you um, because this is one of my personal favorites. Um, I find myself just enthralled with him every time he he has the mic in his hand. Um, it's gonna be Biggie. Oh, oh, really? You kidding me? You gonna boo Biggie? Oh my key! Holy shit! Ugh! Bunch of Una bitches. <laughs> yes, that promo with with The Rock and the New Day was one of the best. I mean, it's got to be top five, you know, of recent memory. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, I mean, The Rock was one of the best on the mic as well. Um, Are we talking pre-New Day Big E or after New Day Big E? I would say, you know, a total package. I mean, the stuff, okay. the stuff All he right. did with, with New Day was great. Now he's he's good by himself. You know, he's he's, on the, he's, he's carrying the load there. Um, I just think he's so entertaining. Um when he when he has the mic in his hand, I mean, he, he just you, you're captivated. You're laughing. You know, it's 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 a good time. So I, I have to go Big E. One that a lot of people are going to agree with me on, and you can talk about it early in his career. You can talk about it now. And honestly, this is going to shock the shit out of you right now, <laughs> John Cena. I, no, I agree with that. I one hundred percent. Unbelievable mic skills, unlike I've ever seen before. When he was rapping, doing his thing before, just unbelievable. Some of the the funny things that he would say, just off the top of his head, were ridiculous, and he didn't write any of it. One of my favorite gimmicks that Cena had was the Doctor of Thugonomics. Um, I mean, like you said, he's just great on the mic. I mean, he really, he really pulled that character off. It was just unbelievable that they let him be that way and just kind of just hang out and be himself which was fantastic he made fun of everybody everybody backstage and it really brought that attitude back in that ruthless aggression era yeah that's what i say it fit it fit the era the ruthless aggression era um it was a perfect perfect character for that time in the business a good one here that's gonna be a little different than the other ones that we've done best ring gear of all time now you can go off of entrance gear as well but ring gear and everything is a total package. Who do you have? Um, so I, I may have did this a little differently than you did. Um, I thought about ring gear in the sense of the... Because we see superstars wear special gear for special occasions. Um, so I went the best ring gear of one one night. So what I So my pick was Seth Rollins, WrestleMania 34, when he had the Night King-themed... Um, get up on. Um, and if you don't know the Night King, it's a reference from Game of Thrones. Um, very popular around that time. Um, and he even changed up the uh, the uh, video on the Titan Tron. Um, he had the Night King's eyes pop up. And it was the years in New Orleans, so they had like the Mardi Gras mask as the uh, the Titan Tron. So um, you saw the Night King's eyes pop up, and then just ice and fire. It was it was really cool. Um, and his Ringo, it was all grayed out. He even had uh, like little blue in it and stuff like that. It was I, I loved it. I loved the whole getup. I'm gonna go a little unconventional here. I'm going to go Ray Mysterio here. Ooh. Just every night something different. Never wore the same mask. 
always changed it up. He did superheroes. He did wherever he was at. Completely awesome. WrestleMania 21, when he did the um, the different gear coming up top with the big headdress, just mm -hmm. completely awesome. Just great. Just an awesome character. The one that really sticks out for me is when he wore the entire bodysuit against Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc in WCW. All purple, just complete bodysuit. was just really cool and really different at the time. Yeah, it was. And I think another one that we need to talk about, too, I mean, just throughout the years and how it's morphed was, is The Undertaker. I mean, he's had so many different kind of get-ups. And, uh, and, I mean, he's always had that same, that same you know, character, except for when he went for the American Badass. But, you know, Taker, he's always had that same, that same look. But they found ways to kind of freshen it up throughout the years. Um, and it was really cool to see how they, how they changed it throughout. Another one we can give a nod to here, and I didn't want to go this way because if you know me, this would have been very easy. These two, off the top of my head, Macho Man Randy Savage being <laughs> one, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels yeah. being the other. Yeah. So I just you couldn't touch it. I had to come up with something different. I like the I like uh, HBK's uh, uh, white pants with the black lettering, and then it, you just had the red heart um, on the on the leg. Um, I really like that. I mean, he I, he wore black and everything like that, but I really like the white ones. He used to wear the white pants. So. There is a picture somewhere, I don't know where it is, <laughs> of me at five years old with red and blue zebra print pants doing the Shawn Michaels pose. Oh, geez, I need to find that. <laughs> I need that right now. That, that would be Facebook gold. I need it. I need it in my life. <laughs> There's been a time or two dressing up as Shawn Michaels. We'll leave it that way. Mm. Mm -mm. So, very unpopular with you here, John. Best face in the business. Do I have to pick one? It's a topic. All right. I guess if I have to. I will. Um, this might be... <laughs> this isn't one of my favorites, but I think when you look at the scope of his career and, and the things he's done... For the business, I mean, I'm going to have to go John Cena. I mean, the way they've marketed that character, um, I mean, now he's not even wrestling and he's still selling merch. Um, I think you got, I, I think he's got to be considered one of the best baby faces of all time. Um, kids love him. He was good for the PG era after they got out of that ruthless aggression era. I mean, he was very versatile. Um, the crowd... Always love. I mean, you love him or you hate him, but he sells. He sells merch. He sells tickets. He gets asses and seats. Yeah, that's that's what you want out of your top baby face, and he's one of the best in the business. I can agree with that. I I really, and still with being, he's always really been that baby face, except for his early, earlier in his career. They tried to, they he was a heel, but then yeah, they they yeah. couldn't stop it. Yeah, I mean. Everybody loved the Doctor of Thugonomics. That was supposed to be a heel character, and everybody loved because everybody was is, was wanting that Attitude Era back. Um, once they started getting more PG and say your prayers, eat your vegetables type type stuff, you know, <laughs> old Hulk Hogan reference. Um, <laughs> you know, once they started going that way and gearing them more towards kids, um, you know, people wanted that. The older crowd, they wanted that attitude era back, and that's what Cena kind of brought to the table when he first came in. 
So you're right. I mean, it's supposed to be a heel, but the crowd loves him, so he's me. They got that connection, and he just it, he took off. He, I mean, like like I said earlier, he's still selling merch. He does. He may show up once a year around WrestleMania. That's it. He, you know, he's still he's still pulling. Not one of my favorites in the ring, obviously, um, but you know him and the four moves of doom. Get out of here with that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 call a spade a spade. It is what it is. He's he's one of the best uh, baby faces. And his red shirt, his green shirt, his purple shirt, his oh, yellow shirt. The same shirt, they're just different colors. Same same damn thing on the on the front. Hey, people bought it. He sold a lot of merch. That's why he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Tom might have one in each each color. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I really think he did a matching hat and towel and everything. I mean, he, one of the biggest John Cena fans I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, what it's time for another beer. <laughs> another beer. What? Another beer. What? Another beer. What? <laughs> now, my face is actually I. So, if you guys haven't heard us before. John and I kind of play the role of a baby face and heel here. I kind of play baby face all the time, and, and John really plays the heel. I don't play. <laughs> this is true. He's an ass in real life. Meet him. You won't like him. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't sign autographs. He doesn't shake hands. He just no. he doesn't do any of that. No shaking hands, no kissing babies, nothing. <laughs> My pick for the best face has to be the man that never really turned heel and they couldn't turn him heel because the people absolutely loved him is Sting. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board. Absolutely just the bleach blonde hair, flat top when he first came out, American flag, face paint, everything, just the woo everything about him. Kids absolutely loved, parents loved, guys could get behind him. They just, it's something that everybody really enjoyed. And then when he went to the Crow Sting, he was still that face because you had him up against the NWL. And it was cool. Oh, it was. It was cool. It was that anti-hero, anti-establishment. Yeah, vigilante. It was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was really great. And then to put him up against one of the best baby faces of all time in a Hulk Hogan playing heel at that point. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. Great, great. They missed too many opportunities on that. That could be another show within itself. Missed opportunities in WCW, but that's a story for another time. And I mean, going off of that, missed opportunities by WWE and not securing him earlier, you know, after the uh, the merger with WCW. Well, I mean, and that too, but he continued and had a great career in, in TNA. Yeah. Multiple championships, still played that babyface role when they needed it. Hell, he's still playing the babyface role now in AEW. I was going to say, he just showed up on AEW, if I'm not mistaken. So, we better get to this topic, because if not, we will be here for the entire night, for the entire century. We'll be in 2022 by the end of this one. John, favorite heel of all time? Mm, so many good ones. Um, I mean, you could go with guys like Chris Jericho, Triple H, you know. Paul Heyman, he's played a great heel too. Um, but my number one has to be the nature boy, the dirtiest player in the game, the OG heel. Love everything about nature boy. Jet flying, you know, just ah, love the nature boy, love the character. 
Um, he just has that that attitude, that that arrogance that you really want out of a heel. Um, also great on the mic as well. Got some iconic promos throughout the years, um, and it didn't matter who he was working with; he was able to able to put on a show and uh, and and get it done in the ring. Um, so I'm going. I'm going Nate. That's a hell of a pick. I like that one. That is just that gets this. Oh, I got, I got some applause finally. Finally, I'm getting recognized for my brilliance on the show. And it was a heel question. Go figure. Well, there that one went yeah. out the window. So my pick for greatest heel of all time, and I have to go with his years taking over right before evolution is Triple H. Unbelievable stuff turning into the game and then turning into the cerebral assassin. His promo he cut with JR. I'm the goddamn game, JR. <laughs> that really that really set off the whole, wow. thing, the whole character, yeah. That was that was right before he faced Cactus Jack, right? That was well he, he did a little as Hunter Hearst and then eventually went into, but yeah, that's what kind of made that character yeah. was the matches with Cactus Jack because they were ruthless. But yeah, he started bringing the sledgehammer out. But the the underhanded stuff that he would do when Bischoff gave him the World Heavyweight Championship, boom, major heat right there. Yeah, yeah. Just handed a championship. Who does that? Triple H, because he's the best damn heel in the business. Mm-hmm. And one then... One of the best of all time to do it. Oh, absolutely. And then just, you, you hated him. You wanted to see him go down. Yeah. And it just, it didn't matter who he was up against. He could build big baby faces because you wanted to see him get beat. Yeah. And he won in so many different ways. I mean, really, you know, you could tell he was he was under the tutelage of of Nature Boy. Um, just some of the things, like getting the sledgehammer involved a lot of times. You know, when he was with DX, DX, you know, his crew getting involved as well, helping him steal matches. Um, yeah, I, I can get on board with that pick with uh, with Triple H for sure. One of my one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. A 1A off of that is Randy Orton. Yes, he's still doing it. He's, he's still performing it. They try to make level. him a babyface. I hate him as a babyface. Yeah, no, he's, he's not good as a babyface. Not at all. He'll even tell you himself. He's, yeah. he's a dick. Yeah, oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. He is. I'm, I mean, he's still, he's still... The whole legend killer gimmick that they had going for a while kind of got away from it. Now they're going back to it. Um... I love, I love, that's one of my favorite gimmicks that he's done, is the Legend Killer. Just having him retire all these, all these, uh, you know, former uh, wrestlers. Or, I'm sorry, sports entertainers. <sighs> you know the word that gets me every time. Sports entertainer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why do I even have you on this show? I don't know. You got you don't have anybody else? You don't have any other friends? This is true. Anyway. <laughs> What's our next one? In your opinion, the best looking belt of all time. I had, I had two for this. I was going to say, there's probably a couple because there has been so many belts in the business, they change every time you turn around. Yeah, I, well, I, could, I could go. Well, I, I have two. I have two. I could have three, but I'm going to go with two. Um... First one, top one, one of my one of my favorites is the old WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt with 
NWO spray painted on it. Um, I actually have it sitting right here in our studio. Um, I love I love that belt. Uh, it was good for the the era. That whole it was good for the the faction. You know, one of the one of the most iconic belts. You know, out there. It was unheard yeah. of at the time that yeah. you face a championship yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, it was it's kind of equivalent to Austin tossing the the belt in the river. The I forget where that intercontinental. Was. Yeah, the intercontinental mm-hmm. championship. We just tossed it in the river. Um, you know, things like that weren't done because championships were held. You know, are very prestigious. You know, so you don't you don't do that. Um, and end of year really pushing the envelope. Um, and was able to spray paint it. Um, but off of that, um, one of my favorite designs of all time. Um, I would go with uh, the U.S. title. I like how they have the the one, not the one they have now, not the current, the original WWE the, one, not the yes. WCW one, yeah, the original the, WWE the one. WWE, yes, yes. Uh, U.S. title with the flag in yeah. the background. I yep. love that that look. Um, for some reason, I've always thought that one, that championship, didn't get the respect maybe that it, it should. Um, you know, it's always kind of been like second fiddle to, you know, in the mid-card to uh, the Intercontinental. Obviously, I mean, Intercontinental Championship is one of the most iconic in the business. Um, But I I never thought that, even though they're supposed to be equivalent, I don't think the United States Championship ever has been. Um, But the look of the belt has has been phenomenal. I love the American flag in the back. The one now, the one they have now isn't bad, you know, with the bald eagle on it. And there, there is some of the flag in it as well. Um, but I like the original WWE one the best. Yeah, that's that's a really extremely good looking belt. I liked it. Um, the one that they had in WCW did have the eagle on it, and it was more of your traditional style looking belt. But when they came it when it came into the WWE, they changed it up a little bit, and I like that. I liked how they made it their own, and it was different. Yeah, I also like the current WWE title. Um, it's good for you know now. I mean, it, it's got that sleek look. It looks like a championship, um, you know, because they've had belts before for the WWE title that didn't look like championships. It looked like toys. Talking about the spinner belt, um, you know, it fit the character for John Cena. Um, but even after they took the spinner off, it, it just looked like a toy. Um, so they've had some pretty bad belt designs. Even now, the the current Intercontinental title. I do not like that look at all. They need to go. They that's one of the belts they should not have changed at all. Don't even get they, me started they need with to that. Go back. Um, they won't go back because it's all about money. They're selling the new titles, um, so they're they're not going to go back because of marketing reasons. But uh, yeah, it's it's bad. I I like how they went back before to the original white. Yeah, I like the white. I do like the white, but I tell you which one I do like is the rounded. Intercontinental yeah. Championship with the black strap. I like that. I think I like different straps on the belts, but there's time for that. But if you're going traditional, it's black all the yeah, way. Yeah. I just their traditionalness is coming out in me, and I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> I apologize. My all time favorite, number one, best looking, most recognizable is the winged eagle. Which yep. is actually right beside the NWO belt sitting in the studio. And that was not on purpose. <laughs> that was not on purpose. That was funny when we when we found out each other's what we were picking because they were side by side. But at the time, 
It was the belt. It was the most iconic. The best looking. I mean, it just personified yeah. wrestling. When they went into the Attitude Era, they dropped it. They got rid of it. They went into a more modern style. I liked that one. Yeah, that, it was a good move because that that title would not have fit the Attitude Era at all. No, they, they did a good job of when Austin won it from Sean. They changed it just a little bit. Now, I like that one, but I tell you which one I liked better was when they switched it to the Undisputed Championship belt, which they ran with until Cena took it off of JBL and, and made it the spinner. That yeah. one was nice. Yeah. It was huge. It was a nice face on it. Yeah, yeah, it was. I liked it. The spinner belt, I didn't like. I As a kid, I loved it, but it just it's a toy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was funny to hear stories now about when Edge took over <laughs> and they told him they were going to redesign the belt. And Edge was like, cool, let's redesign the belt. It's going to look great. He had an idea. They literally put an rated or, or uh, excuse me, rated R symbol on it. Can you talk? No, I cannot. Sorry. My mic skills aren't the best tonight. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, that one, the, the things they could have done with that rated R title, I mean, I believe that's in the uh, one of the newer untolds on the WWE Network. Um which that series is just great. I love that series. Um, anyway, uh, back to the, the championship. There are so many things they could have done with that rated R um, belt look. I mean, they make it look cheap. I think it was supposed to look cheap um, because it was kind of edge mocking Cena and that whole rivalry, which was one of the best rivalries, you know, of that era, maybe of all time. Um, but they went cheap in. You know, it, it was what it was. That that whole that whole era with that belt was just it was disgusting. It was pretty bad, which takes us into our next question. Best rivalry of all time. Oh, you put me on the spot here. Oh man, best rivalry of all time. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I'm gonna have to go Besides the obvious McMahon and Austin. No, I was gonna go Austin Rock. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was going to go Austin Rock. That's blockbuster. That's money. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean. In the words of Vince, couple, that's good shit. <laughs> they had a couple uh, very iconic matches in WrestleMania. Um, so, I mean, the, those two, I mean, you're talking. All the promos between those two yeah, is oh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you're, I mean, you're talking about two of the best to ever do it um, in, in Austin. Two of the best, you know, um, guys that put asses in seats. Both Austin ran through the through the Attitude Era and then kind of transitioned into the Rock. Um, it was cool to see that that transition kind of kind of go smoothly because you know Austin was battling injuries at the time. He was his body was broken down. Um, maybe he had to retire a little earlier than than maybe he should have or could have. Um, but that the 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 matches between those two were were high quality. Oh, um, it, the cell job from Rock yes, for the yeah. stunner is unbelievable. Oh, I mean, he, he leaps like 11 feet in the air every time he gets stunned. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I yeah. And and back to what you were talking about before, him throwing the Intercontinental Championship off the bridge was yep. just funny. And then the Rock throwing Austin off the bridge is just great <laughs> TV, fantastic yep. stuff. Best rivalry in my eyes has to be, because it was real life, has to be Sean and Brett. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable 
just two guys that could not stand each other. Yeah, Brett didn't want to. He didn't want to put Michaels over. Did not want to, and that's where the Montreal Screwjob came into into play. Well, it wasn't he. Well, he told Vince too that he would drop it to anybody but him, but and yeah, he didn't want to I mean. drop it to him in Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. You know, in his hometown up north. I mean, he's he's a superhero in Canada. I mean, he's got a freaking hockey team for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, and that and that kind of just and but I I kind of when I think back at, at at that time and that that whole uh, ordeal talk about the Montreal Screwjob. Um, in Vince's defense, you couldn't have a guy. You know, doesn't matter who it is. If it's Brett, if it's Sean, if it's Triple H, it doesn't matter. You can't have a guy leaving your company to go to your competitor. You can't have him leave the company as champion. It's, just, it's not good for your brand. You know, it, it helps the other guy a bunch. And you can't have him take your belt to, I mean, obviously he's not going to take the belt off to the other brand. I mean, he could, I guess, technically. But, you know, you can't you can't have that. So, I mean, to Vince's defense, it had to be done. Sean was next up. He was performing at a high level. He was the logical pick to take over after that. But, like we said, you know, Brett, Brett didn't want that. He didn't want to drop the Sean um, because of their, you know, their relationship. Um, so he didn't want to do the, he didn't want to do business. Vince made sure he did business. And it is what it is from now. Vince's problem with that. Vince had it happen, yeah, with the women's title with Alondra Blaze, who went on to become Medusa in WCW, dropped it right in the trash can on live TV. So, as a business owner, I'm not gonna let that no, happen. It's not gonna happen again, yeah, absolutely not. And the whole thing with with Sean and Brett was Brett was so pissed at Sean because they were supposed to have another classic. WrestleMania main event the next year at Mania, but Sean decided to drop the belt and his infamous losing his smile. He had to drop the belt. He had a lot of personal issues going on. He had a leg injury. Brett said he didn't. I mean, honestly, I love the man to death, but if you're doing backflips off the the second rope and into the ring, I, I don't know how bad your leg injury really is. That's coming from yeah, a a, yeah. a Shawn Michaels fan, yeah. Yeah, folks. Not, here, I wrong. mean, unbelievable stuff. But it just one thing after another. I mean, Shawn disrespecting the Canadian flag right in front of Brett. I mean, that just that's just stuff that adds to the fire. And and Shawn wasn't liked by a lot of people in the locker room at that time. I mean, you hear stories. I mean, one of the one of the best quotes. Um, are you going Undertaker here? Yeah, is is from Taker. He said, you know, Shawn Michaels was on fire. I don't know if I would piss to put him out. You know, I don't, I don't know if I would piss on him to put him out. I, you know, he wasn't liked, and that was because of the issues he was dealing with outside of the business. You know, his personal issues, which I'm not going to get into on the show, um, but he's overcome all that. Um, doing excellent work yeah, in NXT, yeah, by the now, way. Now he's doing great work with with the. Uh, with the developmental stuff in, in NXT. So, you know, he's really turned the corner. He even came back for a short run. You know, he had that rivalry with Triple H, which, again, one of the best. Um, you know, that, that needs mentioned as well. I mean, they had some brutal matches 
you know, when Sean came back from that back injury. And they really played that up, too, when he came back from the back injury. They were they were playing that up a bunch in that rivalry. Triple H, you know, trying to, quote-unquote, end his career, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, that's that's another great rivalry there. That's one that I, I don't like to talk about because one two of them being my one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I don't really like to that's a soft subject. I don't I don't like to talk about that <laughs> one. But um and then them revisiting that and them going back into DX is just great stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. you know, one storyline lasting as long as it did. Just and that's another thing that's actually not a question that we have, but you could go into to best storylines. That's one of them. Kane and the Undertaker. Kane the Undertaker. Damn near 30 years. Unbelievable stuff. I love when storylines start and then they they go away and then they come back and it reoccurs and you're like, boom, that happened. Like, yeah. that's fantastic. You know, talking about Undertaker Kane, you know, they started out, you know, as rival rivals, you know, brothers, you know, Kane coming back and Undertaker being surprised. And, you know, the infamous ripping off the door of hell. In a that's cell. gotta be Kane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, you start from there, you know, you finally have your payoff at WrestleMania between the two, and eventually down the road, the two get together as the Brothers of Destruction, and then they go their separate ways. They do their own things. Then Kane takes the mask off. They have another short rivalry together. It goes away. And then now, currently, you see them every once in a while. Well, not so much anymore because Taker just retired, but, you know, when they would have the special shows overseas, you know, they came back for another match of Brothers of Destruction versus DX. You know, some nostalgia in that pay-per-view. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that whole... And even on Undertaker's farewell um, at Survivor Series, Kane came out to honor The Undertaker because they had a whole bunch of legends come out to honor him. Kane came out... I mean, everybody coming out. everybody's coming out in suits, you know, looking fly. Kane comes out in his ring attire with the mask on. I mean, he can't come out as the mayor. Um, no, no, he no, no, he couldn't. But I thought that was really fitting, um, especially with that that rivalry and lasting that long. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the the great one of the best rivalries too that we could have mentioned. Yeah. But all these things make up what is best for business. One of the best lines that Triple H has ever laid down, and once again making him the best heel in the business. One hundred percent. I can get on board. Anytime I mention Triple H or heel, John's ears just perk up and he's like, <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> you know, you know, all of my well, not all, but most of my favorite wrestlers of all times have been heels. I just I don't know, they're they're fun to watch. They you know, they bring so much more to the table, I think, than you know, your baby faces are gonna sell the tickets, you know. They're gonna get kids involved. Um but the heels make it fun. They See, make it entertaining. The heels are good, but I tell you what's really good is those anti heroes, those in between baby yeah, faces yeah. and heels. Which is kind of what Austin was supposed to be. Right. Like, like a razor Ramon that yeah. was too cool to be a heel, but was a heel, but got over with the people. I mean, you can even go current day with that and look at the fiend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, that character, I mean, you're not supposed to like that character. Not at all, but people do. It's cool. It's fresh. You know, people like it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that moving forward, too, by the way. But that's for another episode. Oh, him and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Absolutely. Another one you could add to that is now current Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love him as a heel. I mean, so much. I like it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wanted him as a baby face. He was not a good baby face. Must run in the family. Yeah. Yeah. When he was with the shield, you know, they weren't liked. When they started, you know, they were this, you know, anti-establishment, you know, F off to the boss. We're going to do what we want type of, type of, type of thing. Um, then they turned, when they split him up, they turned him baby face, um, to go against Rollins at the time, who was the heel, who's a damn good heel as well. Um, like him better as a heel too. Oh, absolutely. Um, so they had Reigns, you know, as the face of the company going baby face. He's off for a while because of the pandemic comes back as the heel with Paul Heyman, which I don't know if he necessarily needs. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if he needs it. Added, added towards the hatred. I mean, not yeah, that everybody didn't it, hate him in the first place, but. but it does because Paul has been associated with Brock Lesnar. He's who, been associated with heels his entire yeah, life. He has, yeah. Most most currently, you know, Lesnar. Um, just sort of bring him in that added a little more heat. Yeah, so uh, maybe it was good in that aspect, but I don't think as a mouthpiece is technically needed. Um, so I think, but I think they're doing a good job right now of. Letting Roman still talk and not having Paul kind of run the show. I, I like that kind of mix that they have right Get now. his little jabs in there. Yeah, because, I mean, Paul, and a lot of times you'll see Paul kind of be submissive, you know, during the shows when let, and let just let Reigns go off and Paul's just kind of standing in the background. Um, so, I mean, Roman, I mean, we were talking about Mike's skills earlier. I mean, Roman can be, you know, for current day, I think one of the one of the say he was awful in early days. Oh he was, God. yeah, early early on. He was he's gotten a lot better. I mean, for current right now, he's one of the, he's one of the better ones. I think in in WWE right now. It's actually one of the things we're going to talk about in our next show. We're going to bring up we're the have ro- next show. I mean, yeah, I got to sit here with you again. Unfortunately, okay. We'll talk about heels. I promise. All right. Next show we'll bring up is getting ready for the Royal Rumble. One of our favorite pay-per-views of all time. Yes. Yeah. The official start to WrestleMania season and the road to WrestleMania with the Royal Rumble. Now, I love the surprise entrances. I love everything like that. We'll talk about that in the next show. The biggest thing I want to touch on right now is the fact of they're changing the match card, and I absolutely hate it. I'm okay with it. I think it's going to put bigger names in the actual Rumble. Um, and I, I really want to see what Adam Pierce can do in the ring. I mean, he's good. He was good in the independence. He yeah, is really yeah. good. He's got, he's got experience. So. He's got good size to him. I, yeah. I like it. But I'm saying if you're going to do that with one championship match, don't put McIntyre and Goldberg in the other one. Mm, Goldberg's box, box office, though. I mean, he's old. You know, he might not move like he used to. He almost ended the Undertaker's career. You know, I mean, whatever. But, you know. I would much rather see Keith Lee. <laughs> Yeah, but how good would that him, have been? Though him in the rumble. Yeah, but you need you, you need, need a good rumble, draw. You need Owens in the rumble. Man, what happened to the good old days of having a great championship match at the Royal Rumble and then starting a big rivalry to start WrestleMania? I mean, come on. Yeah, but then that that kind of takes the suspense away from which champion champion the winner of the rumble is going to go after, because if you start off a a big rivalry right after wrestle or right, you know, during the Royal Rumble pay-per-view for one championship, you obviously know that they're not going to interrupt that rivalry to go to, they're going to make that that champion or that challenger go 
after the other title. You know they're not going to enter. I mean, so I think it makes it more, you know, kind of up in the air and entertaining. It does, but I hate when they completely, like, pick who's it, who's it's going to be. And you know it. You yeah. know, oh, in yeah. past yeah. years we've yeah. known it. But, I mean, last year was a complete shock. Drew McIntyre, that was great. Fantastic. Yes. Wonderful. Hate that the guy didn't get his WrestleMania moment and actual WrestleMania because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. Unfortunate circumstances. Um, the guy is a great story. Absolutely love him as, as champion. I just hope they don't squash him against Goldberg. That's my only problem. That's coming from somebody that actually owns a Goldberg t-shirt. I, I like Goldberg, but he needs to be done. He's His style is, is overdone with. You yeah, can't I continue to do that. I think they will. I think they're going to keep building McIntyre. I don't, I don't see them. And this, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is probably for the next show, but I don't just, I, I don't see them letting Goldberg squash McIntyre. I, I, I hope could, I could be wrong. They have done dumb things in the past. I just, I, I don't think they would go down that road. I, I, I hope they don't go down that road. Right. This is why we do this. This is a nice cliffhanger. So yeah. people stay on and listen to the next one. That's how we do things. We don't piss people off so they quit listening there, Heel John. Care. I don't care about pissing people off. I don't give a shit. I gotta give it to him one more time just because it's him. Keep it coming. I, it doesn't bother me. My feelings aren't hurt. I don't give a shit. Guys, I, I have to end this episode because he just he's unruly. He doesn't listen. He doesn't he doesn't want to do what's best for business. I ran out of beer. I can't deal with you without beer. So I need to get out of the fridge. So come on, wrap this up. You know, you had one job, and that was to bring me a Stone Cold beer, and you did not. I'm sorry. That will next time. God. Just open promises and just whatever. Guys, this has been an extreme fun episode. This was best for business. Next episode coming at you will be a preview of the Royal Rumble and. We'll try to throw some different things at you to see who we think could be a surprise entrance, that kind of thing. We'll talk numbers over the years, stuff like that. But I have to ask him because it's a nice thing to do. John, final words. Let's watch some football. <laughs> there you have it, guys. We recorded this episode. It's right in the mix of the NFL playoffs. So we're going to go enjoy that. You guys have a good night. As always, this has been Talking Into Submission Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time through the curtain. Don't tap out.